Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Yeah. It's so funky. <laughs> yes, we are here. Another edition of Small Doses. I really was surprised at how many guys hit me up and said, your episode, Side Effects of Being a Realist, was my favorite. That actually, it wasn't because I was surprised that they think they're realists, because guys often think they're realists. And it's like, you always think, like, your women are crazy. We're realists. Mm, it's not necessarily the case. But I was actually surprised at how many guys actually listen to the podcast. So thank you to all the guys who are tuning in. I think that you kind of get some insight into like women's ways of thinking, a woman's way of thinking. And I think that it's also just like dope for you to just, you know, be willing to hear my perspective on things because some guys are just like, that's a woman. I don't want to hear what she has to say because I don't got nothing to hear about that. I actually know a comic who was like, I don't listen to female R&B singers because they don't sing about things that I can relate to. Um, that's some bullshit. Like, I can understand that you can't relate to, like, Adina Howard, like, T-shirt and my panties on. No, that's Monifa, I think. But you can't relate to Adina Howard. I'm a be freak until the day, until the dawn. Like, okay, I can understand why, like, that, like, you can't relate to that. But you're telling me that you can't relate to, like, Aaliyah saying, you know, your love is a one in a million? It goes on and on and on. I mean, I think that's a universal theme. You're telling me that you can't relate to Whitney Houston saying, I have nothing, nothing, nothing. If I don't have you, you might be like, no, I can't relate to that. Bullshit. Because some of you guys be on this phone crying. All right. I had a dude on my doorstep vomiting because he had gotten so drunk because he was so sad that I had dumped him. And then he was right there throwing up over the banister, asking me to come back. You telling me Whitney wasn't playing in his head? Yeah, I please. So, you know, there's a there's a universality to these topics, <laughs> and there's absolutely universality to today's topic, which is side effects of working with friends. I feel like I just heard some of y'all testify in your car. Like, I literally could hear you go, oh, my God. Because it's a thing. It's a thing. And it's very deeply personal to me. And so we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about some, some elements of working with friends, you know, like on both sides, right? Not just about being the managerial space, but also like being the other person who's, less, who's working for a friend or even partnerships, you know, and how do you navigate those waters? You know, we're going to talk about the fact of like even being able to communicate to your friend when you are in a working space and how to do that. And we're just going to talk about the realities of what it is to work with a friend because I think that's something that a lot of people kind of like miss. They take away. They, they, they forget it. They forget the realities of their friend when they work for their friend. That same person that you knew as your friend operates 
as that same person when they're when you're working for them. And sometimes people forget that and then want to hold other expectations to you that make absolutely no sense <laughs> from what they know of you. If you know your friend is a good person, is a kind-hearted person, but is a very intense person, know that when you work for your friend that's a good person, that's a kind-hearted person, she's going to still be an intense person. I'm talking about myself. Let's get into gem dropping. Gem dropping. Gem dropping. Gem dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. Our gem dropping today is real friend versus work friend. This This is importante. So, you know, some of us out here are not working at home. We're going to work. We're going to work in offices. We're going to work in studios. We're going to work on shows. We're going to work in schools. We're going to work in a number of different venues with a bunch of people who we don't know. And we want, ideally, to have a pleasant working environment. And so sometimes what happens is you have work Work friends friends. who you try to make your real Real friends. friends. Now, this can happen in a very real way. But we first need to break down the difference. Your real friend is somebody who you can have a safe space with, who genuinely wants to know about you and the facets of your life outside of a specific entry point, and who at the end of the day has an equitable exchange with you in terms of like their sharing with you, uh, their support, their reliability, etc. The reason why I say friend versus acquaintance is because an acquaintance is somebody who you just kind of have a homieship with. You may catch up ever so often. You may be genuinely happy to see this person when you see them. But y'all aren't like calling each other when you're trying to figure something out or, you know, when you have to go to Walgreens at 12 a.m. because, you know, you think after looking on WebMD that you might be pregnant. And now, like, you got to figure that out. And, like, what if this stick actually says you're pregnant? Oh, my God, you can't deal with that by yourself. So who do you do? What do you do? You end up calling calling your real friend who is awake and is going to sit on that phone with you while you get dressed, get in a cab, drive, go to Walgreens, walk through the aisle, choose the right one, and they're going to be able to tell you the right one because they've gone through this too and you was on the phone when they did it. And then you're going to go home and they're going to sit on the phone with you and discuss with you how you're going to deal with the fact that you might be pregnant. That's what your real friend is going to do. They're going to be on the phone with you saying, well, you know, um, listen, worse situations have happened. You're over 30, so you're not going to look like a, a hussy out here. And um, listen, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options. And if you live anywhere outside of New York, they're going to say, at least you don't live in New York where you got to carry a stroller upstairs at the subway, you know? So we can work this out. We're going to figure this out. Girl, you got friends. This baby going to have aunties and uncles. You got friends. And then when that stick says negative, that friend is going to be like, yes, honey, yes, yes. And that same friend is also going to tell you, now stop being reckless, bitch. That's a real friend. Okay? Stop being reckless. Now, your work friend is somebody who you work with in a workspace. You don't hang out with them. You're at work. You are there together at the same time doing work. 
And you guys are both there, not because you're necessarily both good people, or not necessarily because you are compatible, not necessarily because you are like-minded. You are both there for a specific purpose that neither of you even knows about because at the end of the day, you didn't hire each other. So you have been put in this space to get Get the the job job done. That is actually why you're there. Of course, there are anomalies to this situation. But for the most part, when we're put together at a job, it's because we are here to serve a greater purpose that has way nothing to do with our own individual exchange. So now that we've established what a real friend, what a real friend is and what a work friend is, we have to discuss like what the actual exchange of that is. Because sometimes we find ourselves at work and we're like, man, I really connect with this person in a real way. And then we try to like take that out of the workspace and turn it into a real friendship. And it's a beautiful thing when that happens. However, sometimes that doesn't happen. Now, I'm an only child. Okay. So I'm always looking for a big family. And I don't have, like, I have brothers and sisters that grew up with my dad, but I didn't have brothers and sisters that grew up with me. So I've always been very, very, like, oh, like, I I love being a part of a crew or a group or a squad or even better yet, a posse. You know, and I love the idea of, like, having these people around me that are like-minded with me and that we share the same ideals and we just have a fucking blast. Like, everybody wants to work in that environment. Uh, I think that's, like, most people's goal. And for me, it's a real thing. And so sometimes I've made the mistake of trying to make work friends real friends when it's not even called for. And then I make the mistake of actually undermining the value of work friends. Like, at the end of the day, a good working environment where you guys come to work and you have fun at work and or you or you you don't even have to have fun at work. You don't bother each other at work. You know, like it's peaceful at work. Guess what? That is actually cool. It doesn't have to feel like hanging out. You know, and I've had like work environments that really everybody liked each other and it is a wonderful, blissful, blessful thing. But y'all, that's not normal. Like, that's not the always the case. And I think that sometimes when folks see that that's not the case, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And they don't understand that, like, not every situation is going to be a perfect situation. It doesn't have to be permanent. Maybe it's so annoying that you're like, I got to get to somewhere else. I got to get another job. And that's great. Because I understand that some situations, it's not even like you ain't even work friends. It's toxic. That is a real thing. But I just feel like I had to learn the hard way that it's fine for people at work to not be your real friends as long as you all are getting real work done. We're serving it. Time for your favorite segment, y'all. DMT. We got some great questions per huge because you guys are the best. All right, this first DMT question is, what do you do when your friend owes you money and hasn't paid you yet, but still wants you to work for her. So first and foremost, and this is going to be the overarching theme of all of these questions, is communication, right? And communication without accusation is the first step. Like I had someone recently, like, send me an email three days after we had worked together and said, is there a reason why I haven't been paid yet? That is not there's no reason for you to approach me in that way. You can literally simply just send an email saying, hey, looking into when my check will arrive, 
please advise. <laughs> like, and that way it doesn't accuse, it, you know, it just doesn't accuse the person and it doesn't like insinuate that there's some like foul play or whatever. And it's also just a professional, banal way of saying like, hey, hey you, you didn't, didn't pay, pay me, me motherfucker. motherfucker. That's what it is. I don't consider that to be passive aggressive. I consider it to be just a direct way of speaking that doesn't have the sharp edge because it may not be necessary yet. Now, if someone then says to you, well, you know, I I did pay you, then it's like, no, you didn't. And so then the conversation changes, right? So I think there's there's also like one, how you approach it. And then there's two, the fact of the matter is like, if someone hasn't paid you and they're still expecting you to work, and you have communicated to them, hey, I haven't been paid. It's up to you to determine if the answer that they provided to you was a relevant, real answer or if it was bullshit. bullshit. Because if it's bullshit, then you know, okay, I need to rethink this. But if it was real, then you have to say like, okay, I may still not want to work for this person, um, but at least I got like a real answer. Like I'll tell you now, there's been times where I haven't paid someone on time and it is not by any means because I don't have the money. Sometimes it's just because I didn't have the time to write the check, to put it in the mail and send it. And it wasn't because I don't care about their money. And it wasn't because I don't care about their livelihood. It's literally because sometimes, you know, people are like one woman shows and they're trying to handle a bunch of different things and certain things let's kind of like fall through the cracks. Like for, for a lot of creatives, money shit falls through the cracks. It's just it. Because our brains be operating in fucking clouds and, you know, bunny rabbits and, like, seeing visions of shit. And that's why, like, this term starving artist, so many artists are like, I'm just working on my art. You know? I'm just working on my art. I remember my mom used to be like, I kind of feel like you don't really care about money. Because it's like, no, I just don't have none. <laughs> it's not that I don't care about it. I just don't, I don't have any. And it was also like... I wasn't willing to do anything for money. And that was the thing. It was like, no, I want to get money, you know, doing stuff that I have integrity for, doing stuff that inspires me, like, you know, and sometimes there ain't shit out there to do that with. So, mom, (laughs) so can you send me like, just like $200? That's real. So anywho, my answer to that question is, You need to communicate. And you also need to set some clear delineations. Like, okay, if you're not able to pay me now, when are you able to pay me? And if you're not able to pay me then, then I can't move forward. You know, sometimes that's just what it is. It's like you got to set clear demarcations. And I think a very clear something that we really need to establish is that when you are friends and you are working together, you have to know your friends who you are working for. And the same shortcomings, I said this at the top of the show, the same shortcomings that show up in their friendship are probably going to show up in your working relationship. So you got to know that going in and decide if that's something you can handle, if that's something you can manage, if that's something you can deal with. Don't act brand new once you get in that working situation and think that all of a sudden it's going to dissipate. It's the same like with y'all who be dating a nigga and then when you get married to him are like, oh, I had no idea he was a douchebag. What you thought? Did you really think that once he put the ring on, it was going to be like the Wakanda suit would just like appear? (laughs) It ain't how it works, y'all. It ain't how it works. So you got to, in the working space, 
create some lines of demarcation. We do it in the friend space too, right? Like I have certain friends who it's like, I already know. They latest shit all the time. So I know that I got to tell them something is going to start half an hour before. You know, I have friends who it's like, I don't want to hear about your marriage. I don't want to hear about it. Because I know you and I know your husband. And I don't want to hear about you two because I can't do nothing about it. And y'all ain't doing nothing about it. So there's a clear line of demarcation. Don't do it. I have friends who are like, Amanda, I, I know that you tell stories. But like, I just need to talk about me right now. And I'm like, of course. And then I shut the fuck up. Talk to me, honey. And then I talk to them back. These are the things you do with your friends. You keep it real. You keep it 100. And when you're working with friends, you got to do the same thing. And if they don't pay you, you got to let them know. And if they don't pay you again, then you got to let them go. Next question. How do, you dre- how do you address a friend that's lacking on their duties in joint work? So I actually like recently just had this situation. And I think that it's interesting because sometimes people respond to certain things differently and you can try to approach things in different ways and kind of see what gets the best response. Some people respond well to positive reinforcement. Some people respond well to negative reinforcement. Some people respond well to silencio. You know, some people, most people respond well to demonstration. Um, But the key is, is that once someone is put in a position, you simply want them to just do their fucking job. You know, and what I've learned sometimes that people don't really know how to do their fucking job. And so then that falls on you to be like, okay, let's see first, like where we're lacking in a shared understanding of what your expectations are. So I think that's the first step. And I think the first step is also just having like a conversation that doesn't have a big overhead to it. It's not like a, hey, let's sit down and talk about this. It can be just like a, So, like, you know, I just kind of noticed that these kind of things were kind of going on. And, um, you know, so, like, what's up? Like, is there anything I can do to make this easier for you? Is there anything I can do to, like, clarify? And if that person is just like, oh, nah, nah, nah. Well, then now you're dealing with someone who's avoiding. And so then it becomes like, okay, now you got to dig deeper. And sometimes digging deeper can be very, very difficult because when you dig deeper, sometimes people get defensive, especially if they're your friend, because then they feel like you're trying to micromanage them or you're trying to undermine them or you're trying to, and this is the magic word, control them. And it's so funny because people don't want to be used, but they want to be useful. And if you're in a job and you're in a working environment and we're friends, I need you to be useful. But it's interesting because sometimes when you start to correct them, they feel like all of a sudden they're being used. Because now it seems like you're trying to exert authority over them. And this is when it becomes very difficult working with friends. You can only work with friends who truly have self-confidence that isn't measured by your feeding of praise. Let me say this again. You can only work with friends that have self-confidence, and I'll even add in assurance of themselves that is not weighted by your praise. This is important because as friends, we big each other up. We support each other. We lean on each other in a real way. In a working relationship, that dynamic is different because at the end of the day, a lot of times you're not a partnership in a 50-50 kind of way. 
you might be the head of the company or the head of the production and they're working for you. Now, you guys are working together to get this to advance, but when it boils down to it, they're working for you. And they have to be able to be confident in that assertion without feeling like you are holding something over them or without them trying to make you feel like they're doing you a favor. Because that's the other part of correcting your friends when they're not really handling their shit. All of a sudden, they feel like, well, shit, you know, I'm looking out. Are you? Because I'm paying you. One. Always pay your friends, by the way. Always pay your friends. People will tell you I'll do this shit for free. No, they don't. Because even if they won't take it for money, nothing is free. So even if they're not taking money, they're taking something. Okay? And at the end of all of the shit, they will always say, well, I mean, I'm doing this shit for free. And when people do shit for free, they feel like they are free of critique. They feel like they are free of accountability. And a lot of times they feel like they're free of having to say basically anything to you about whether they're going to come or not. So that's just a side note. Um, I will be the first to say that my work is learning how to be more, and I think I've mentioned this on the show before, learning how to be more compassionate in my correction versus critique. And I think that's like the key to a good leader and good management. It is not always possible. Because also sometimes people take you to a fucking place. They take you to a place. They do some shit that is so stupid or that is so careless or that is so arrogant that it begs the question, how do you expect me to meet you in a place of calmness to address your fuckery? Who do you think I am? All of a sudden, I became Cicely Tyson on this podcast right now. And I say, and I, and I, because it comes from the heart. Because I've been in this situation before. The person who asked this, I've been in this situation before. And listen, my final thought about this is sometimes it don't matter how you address the person. Because you can't win. So even if you address it in a calm kind, compassionate way, they might already have decided how they was going to react to this in the first place because they knew it was coming. Because they knew it was coming. Now, for my people who are like performers, I understand our struggle is that when we get off stage, we are turned up. Turn up. Turn up. Turn up. Turn up. What we did, we just performed. What we do, we just performed. We're just getting off stage, gotta talk to you. Now I'm gonna talk to you and I'm still like this. I'm still like this. I'm still hype, 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 hype. Y'all, when I do stand-up and I get home, I'm it's another hour and a half before I can go to sleep because I'm turned up. I have natural endorphins that got me hype, 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 hype. I mean, I'm just like, I'm a 15-year-old that's at an after-prom party and it's after-prom and they're 15, so they knew there was supposed to be a prom in the first place, so they're super-duper hype. That's when I'm like, after... I get off stage. I am like me post-graduation, 1999, when they would play Juvenile, Back That Ass Up, and it was still like the brand new record and everybody would lose their minds and like you just graduated and now Juvie is saying, for the 99s and the 2000s, and you just, you can't even deal. That's what it's like when you come off stage. So if you're on stage and some dumb shit happens, some, some lame fuckery happens, like you come off stage and you're still at 100. And so it's hard for you to hold 
hold it in and not address it right there. Your intensity level is at that moment. And you'll say to somebody, where were you? And they're taking it in. And you have to work with people who understand that. If you're a performer, make sure that you hire people who understand that as a performer, when you come off stage, you are on another level. And that have enough solidity and confidence and understanding of you not to take it personal when you say things to them at that point that maybe are at like a louder volume or that maybe have like more intensity behind them because whatever you did affected their show. It affected the shit that matters to them most. Can you tell that I'm really ardent about this right now? Because I'm telling a true story. True story. So to close this out... um, How do you address a friend who's lacking on their duties and joint work? You address them directly. Uh, At first, address them easy in an easy space. And then if it's still not happening, you amp it up. And I don't mean get louder. I just mean get more specific. How do you address the friend who thinks y'all will work great together on a project, but you know you can't deal with their working style? I think, you know, you kind of got to keep it real, but you got to know what your friend is like. You know, some if you know your friend is super sensitive, then it's just like, oh, nah, you know, I'm just going to tackle this one myself. <laughs> nah, you know, I think, nah, it's cool. I really want to just explore this journey on my own. You know, I think, um, or I had told Craig and them, that they, they, they was already involved, and so we're gonna have to stick with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so th- that may be the work, but if it's not, sometimes you just tell somebody, like, you know, I just honestly feel like we have different working styles, and if we work together, like, we will end up hating each other. So I'm gonna do both of us a favor and just say, nah. And that's that. The only time that ends up being a problem is when, like, they need that job. You know, they may need the work and they're just feel, and then they feel like you're keeping money out their mouth. And that is a tough situation because it's like, nah, I don't want to keep money out your mouth, but I also don't want to start working on this and then take money out of both of our mouths. <laughs> that doesn't help either. So I think it's just about being honest, depending on how the person is, determines how honest you are. Tact is always the key. But I think when you have a working friend relationship, that I just feel like communication and deference are absolutely 100% the key. There's got to be a certain level of deference because you are friends and you give your friends an extra space. You do. You give your friends a little extra space. It's just the reality. Your friends get a little extra chance to fuck up before they get fixed. You know, the same way that your friends give you a little extra chance to 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 stand up before you have to before they have to check you you know everybody who's out there that's listening that's working in a working space with a friend always remember that at the end of the day the friendship is the first part preserve the friendship at all costs that's what got you there cuz that friend was probably someone who had your back while you were trying to get to that position. And when you throw that away, it makes the work not even that valuable. Be careful of anybody who's willing to throw your friendship away for bad work. You know, because 
you have to figure out where the bad work is coming from. And I've been in a scenario where I was friends with somebody and we started working together. And what I realized during that working together time was that we weren't as good friends as I thought. And that's a different situation. Oh, you don't fuck with me like that. <laughs> oh, shit. Gotta go. Last question. I was once working with friends and then found out they were sleeping together. I stayed out of it. My approach was my name is Bennett and I ain't in it. It still ended up blowing up because emotions got tied to it. Should I have done something differently? I mean, I think the reality is, is like, I don't know the full workings of it, but that is always going to end up causing some type of scenario. In the best case scenario, they get married and it's fabulous, you know, or they don't have to get married, but it's still fabulous. But in most common situations, what ends up happening is not only are you seeing each other at work, you're seeing each other at home, and that's just a lot of seeing each other, and it's a lot of dynamics that are intermingled that if you don't handle carefully, can blow up in your face, and it seems like that's what happened. I think that you actually did have the right and the agency to say at the beginning, hey, y'all, I understand that you guys are doing what you're doing, and I don't want to poo-poo on your parade. However... I'm in this too by nature of me working here. And I just want you to think about like how it's not only going to affect you two's relationship, but our relationship as work partners. And that's fair because you are there. And I'm sure that now that they ain't fucking with each other, it's mad awkward for you. You know, you at the vending machine and he over here and she over there and you got to figure out like, God damn, who am I going to, who am I going to eat with at this lunch? And then you know what? You got to go and eat your Doritos by yourself just because these two fools make it like if you choose to eat with one of them, the other one's going to be like mad and come key your car and shit. And nobody want that. Don't nobody want that. And they did all of that over some dick. Mm, mm, mm. Got to be careful when the dick touched the heart. It throws everything left. Got to be careful. But the key over all of these conversations, all of these DMTs has been communication. Communication. If your friend is creating a negative working environment, whether it's because they're sleeping with somebody or whether it's because they're addressing you in a certain way, you know, you have to be able to communicate that to them. Because here's the other T, y'all. You deserve the best and you deserve to be able to share your feelings the same way that other person deserves to have a shot at checking their behavior. And that's what friends do. Friends want their friends to flourish. Friends want their friends to step up and to be excellent. And if you work for your friend and your friend is not handling the work environment in the best way possible, as a friend, not even just as an employee, as a friend, you should be like, let's sit down and talk because I want you to win. But I'm going to tell you now as your friend, how you operating right here is not the best. It's not conducive to getting your work environment to support your dream in the best way possible. And your friend, if they really are your friend, will listen to you. And here's the shit. They'll listen to you more than they'll listen to anybody else who tells them that. Because they know that you know where they fucking came from. And they know that you know their true intentions. So they don't have to question if what's being said to them is ulterior. Or if what's being said to them is for some other type of vengeful, jealous bullshit. No. It's coming from a real place and a real person. So you have to figure out a way to say that. 
And that is how you end up being able to save work relationships and friendships. Because if at the end of that conversation, it don't add up, then y'all can say, you know what? We don't have the fundamentals to work together. Doesn't mean we don't have the fundamentals to be friends. And then you keep it moving. But if communication is not there, it will always end up going left every Every single single time. time. Every single time. Don't be the person who harbors resentment but doesn't share the navigational tools to find commerces. People I like. Yeah. It is time for another edition of People I Like, which we know is just when I interview people I like. Today, on the show, we have another individual that I'm a fan of. I should start by saying, I first met this person on the internets, which is not surprising since he's a king of the internets. A king named King Batch. A king without a kingdom. (laughs) I cannot run my kingdom without a queen. (laughs) But I do not have a palace either. So I cannot run a kingdom without a queen or a palace. <laughs> I'm going to step in because if I don't, this will go on for a really... I will keep talking about I am not a real king. <laughs> Where did that come from? The king part. Um, I know you've been asked that a million times, but I don't know the answer. So I'm asking you now. It was in high school. Um, we all had to do like a, a school history project. And I was the only one that dressed up. And it was about, like, royalty. And I, I put, like, a cape on and a crown. And this my- is why I like you. Because <laughs> dumb shit like that. <laughs> like- and then my teacher, was he was, like, roasting me. He's like, oh, look at look at King Batch. And I was like, yo, I think he just made me a million dollars right now. Playboy. <laughs> Wait, why were you the only one who dressed up? Because I, I think I was the only one that, like, maybe, I, I don't know. I just wanted to have fun you don't in know? class. I, did I do that? You did. Damn. <laughs> I think I found out, I saw a video from like three years ago, and I think that's where I first did it. You've been doing for three years? No. I was like, I, I probably, don't remember I you I probably doing did that. it on accident three years ago, and then I started doing it on purpose, and then now I can't get rid of it. It's really, it's a whole thing. <sighs> it's a nightmare. It, <laughs> it's a nightmare? Yeah. It's and eating you it, alive? It's, and I told you, it's, it comes from when I say, it's not even words that have R's in it where I'm rolling the R's. It's like tease. Like, I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even, like, where does that, I don't don't, even, maybe it's a lazy way to get from, I don't even know. I don't even know. Mm. Damn. Ooh. I was in Louisiana one time when I was on tour and we went to KFC and I didn't even, I didn't even know where we were. We just got off the bus. And Mm. when we went to KFC, uh, no, we went to Popeye's. Let's be serious. We went to Popeye's. We we got to support black businesses. <laughs> and I was at the counter and I was like, all right, so I'll have a two piece chicken. And she was like, what rock? And I said, I'm sorry, what? When was this? This was 2009. And she said, what rock? And I was like, oh my God, I really don't know what you're saying. And she what was a like, yeah. She had to get that. Ugh. And she was like, what rock? And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I said, where are we? And she's like, Luzay. Luzay? Y'all, Louisiana has five syllables. Louisiana. And she said, (laughs) she didn't even have time. So I think that's what it is. Like, y'all just don't have time to, right, Lil Zay? No, that's an old rapper, Lil Zane. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> we can do it anywhere. So, you know, I first became hip to Batch, of course, with the Vines, you know, and um, I was in that class that he was in in middle school where he was. No, I wasn't. I'm older than you. How I'm much older? I am 36. I'm an actual elder to you. I'm oh, a wow. puma. People keep trying to make me auntie. They keep trying to make me cougar. I'm just not having it. I'm not there yet, Rebecca. I don't want it. Auntie? Who calls you auntie? On Instagram, they'd be like, thanks, auntie. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Then they'd be like, thanks, mom. I'm they call Snoop Dogg uncle. Which, and yeah, that, but... He's like, he's like granddaddy <laughs> uncle. Exactly. That's what they should do. I just can't, I can't accept it. But when I came out here from New York, I had like kind of become internet cool with a number of people. Chris Summer was one of them. She was on the show previously. And Swag. you were one of them. Where, like, we had started following each other on the Twits. Then we had Sugarfish. Yeah, we went to Sugarfish. That's a sushi place. Uh, but that was not the first time. The first time was I hit you, I say, hey, I'm in L.A. now. Would love to meet you in person. Because I always feel like keeping digital connections on a digital platform too long is, like, weird when you have the ability to, like, meet in person. Just, come on, tell Beyonce that. <laughs> <laughs> She don't follow me, but... <laughs> I was going to say, are y'all having, like, combos in the DMs? You know I what I do? So, I told you. Did I tell you? No. So every time Beyonce posts a picture, I always comment on her thing, check your DMs. But I never send her a DM. I just do it because I think it's it's crazy. It and is then, crazy. And then uh, uh, my friends always see it. I, they screenshot it and they send me. And then I think I'm going to take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. I think in the next comment, next picture, I have a notification. So every time she posts a picture, I get a, I get a notification. Wow, that's intense. So next time she posts a picture, I'm going to say, hey, I don't know if you see my DMs, but uh, I told you to hit me up. Anyways, here's my number, 555. I'm going to make up a number and just put it in there. I'll say, hit me up. These are your personal joys? This is what makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> when Vine was a rap Oh man, my career was a rap He looked off into the distance Because <laughs> I just saw me being homeless Walking down Hollywood Boulevard Oh, this could have been my star That's what I saw But instead Oh, I'm popping <laughs> Humility is not your strong suit <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want you on people I like anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's just the truth. Okay, so tell us why you're popping. I mean, I'm not popping, popping. I ain't Beyonce, but if, if Beyonce, if you listen, I feel like there's the a DMs. large spectrum of poppery that goes from zero to Beyonce. Yeah, Beyonce is like too much popping. Like, if you ever popping that, you you got to be getting death threats. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I was really pursuing music and then I was at an event and they like started freaking out and people were like moving like it was a bomb threat and they were like, get out, move, 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 move. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then like they moved everybody and it was because Beyonce and Jay were walking through. She heard you sing? And I was like, wait a minute. If this is what comes with being that famous that like we have to make people feel like there's bomb threats I was like then this ain't this ain't for me wait she heard you sing I know Beyonce you know Beyonce yes tell her to check your DMs (laughs) (laughs) I mean there's nothing in it but still tell her to check (laughs) damn let's talk let's not talk about me popping you the one that's (laughs) popping popping You know Beyonce. Like, I can't even fake. Like, even if I say I know Beyonce, my knees will tremble because. <laughs> Wait, but the knees actually trembled right here. They just, because my body's like, don't even support that lie. <laughs> <laughs> 
It'll never happen. It'll never, it'll, it'll never happen. It'll never happen, damn it. So what are you working on right now? Because I feel like you're so, you're like the king, you are the king of consistency. Like to have a YouTube that is as flourishy as yours, you have to be really dedicated to doing that shit every fucking week. Yeah. And I mean, do you feel like, does it ever, are you bored? How do you stay motivated to produce that content so consistently? I think the key is just less friends. Elaborate. Then the less friends you have, the more you can focus. And the more bored you are, right? The more bored you are and the more you can focus. Because when you're bored, you're like, fuck, what am I going to do? And then I just channel that into creating more content. And I just use whatever's going on in my silly brain. And I try and make that come to life. That's interesting because when I met you the first time, your house was literally filled to the brim with with friends. Yeah, like but, filled like I literally y'all, I walked in and someone rode by me on a hoverboard and I was like, I gotta go. But see, we were all making in that apartment, we all make videos. Okay. So we were all working at some point, like making a video and working and creating that. So those were like work friends. Those weren't people that like if I was to go to a club, I you would never see those people hanging out with me. Because, really? Yeah. Not even Melvin? Oh, Melvin was there? Yes. Oh, but that's when we went to the UCLA when I was speaking yes, on the thing. Yes, at USC. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, me and Melvin don't go to clubs like that, no. Really? Yeah. It was just very interesting because the theme of this episode is, you know, the side, side effects of working, working with, friends. with friends. And so to hear you say that, I'm, I want to know, well, and we'll get into that into, when we get into the next segment, but when you say that all of you all were working in that apartment, would you go to their apartment and work too, or was like your place the hub? Uh, yeah, they would come to my place because I just, I had the most followers. I was Beyonce to them. And so basically it's like they come to your place to get in, to get you in the video to help boost their followers. Yeah. But we'd all, we'd all collaborate. Cause even though, no matter how many videos you do together, everyone has a different fan base. Like it's just, it's different because the way some people talk, you know, the way some people were, uh, where they're from, uh, you know, Melvin's from Virginia, so he has his his old Virginia base. I'm from Florida slash Canada, so you know I got that. And yeah, it's just it's just different. Everyone brings something new. What would you say is your base uh, besides geographical, like kids? The kids, mm-hmm. like what? Like kids like nine or kids like thirteen? Kids, yeah, like teenagers. Kid, yeah, kids like I can't go to Disney World. Disney World is crazy. Really? Yeah. It's just no, like, no privacy. Everyone is all up in your Mickey ears. Yeah, if I go to Disney World, I'm Michael Jackson. Boy, they don't even know who Michael Jackson is, those kids. If I go to Disney World, I'm Zac Efron. (laughs) 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 That's crazy. Do you know kids nowadays? Well, they know who he is now, but, like, a year ago, didn't know who Will Smith was? Mm. They know who Jaden is. Yeah, they know who Jaden is, but now now Will is on Instagram and he had his his bright movie come out. But like some kids didn't know who Will Smith was, and that's how I knew I was getting old. Oh, I said I said, um, where's uh where's Jamie Fox from? And they're like, oh, he's from Django. I was like, what? What did you want them to say, Ray? No, Jamie Fox though. Fair enough. Um, what else? Uh, I think I asked him where Will Smith was from. Where were you asking these questions? I was oh, I did a movie. With um with twenty year olds, and I had to play a high school student in the movie, which was just tough. I had to shave the beard, but um so yeah, they were twenty years old, 
2021. And I asked them where they knew these actors from. So this is like backstage. Just like, I mean, this is like hanging out. Yeah, this at was crafty. On an off day. This was okay. no, no. This was like on a Saturday. We weren't filming. And um, so you were hanging out when you weren't filming. Because mm-hmm, we all stay in the same hotel. Oh, got it. You were on location. Okay. Yeah. And they didn't know who Will Smith was. And they didn't. No, know- they knew. They knew who they were, but they didn't know where they were from. Where they were from. Like, if you don't know Jamie Foxx from the Jamie Foxx show, and Martin Lawrence is from Martin, you know you're getting old, right? Well, my question is, you are, do we say your age? Yeah, I'm 29. Okay. But you said that your fan base is the kids. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it's getting harder to make stuff in their space? As you're getting older? No, because I just... I The only thing I have to do is tone down the cursing. But I just do what I find that I like, you know? So it's like... I had this... There's certain things that I... Since I have kids that are watching me, I have to... I can't call girls bitches. I mean, I don't do that in real life. People I like. <laughs> uh, Actually, you know what? I'm going to pause right there and give you a compliment. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You're not a dick. No. You're arrogant, but you're not a dick. Aha, uh-huh, the difference. Um, because you have arrogance sometimes where I'm like, fucking batch, but it doesn't carry over to like being a a mean dude or like a like it's like it doesn't require you to be disrespectful. And I feel like in this business, especially, like there's a lot of folks that like their their hypeness or their their um, belief in themselves is part of that is by like putting other people down or like making other people feel like small or just kind of like dismissive. And I feel like you've never, you never act like that. I never see that in you. Right. You've never behaved like that with me. Um, And I think that's commendable because it's very easy because that's really the part for the course these days out here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, so I, I'm going to give you that. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Um, what do you think that is? Just how you were raised? Less friends. You and this less friends. You're going through something. I'm telling you, no. I, I, back in the day, like, maybe it's through college. When when I was in college, just so many people used me. Where'd you go to school? Florida State University. Okay. No. Um, yep. And uh, people... Oh. oh. I was going to provide a background for you. Oh, thank you. Um, and people, they, they use you. And I was on a track scholarship. And you get like you get certain amount of money that they give you, and then my friends knew, and they would say, "Hey, let me let me borrow twenty dollars," and I'll give them the twenty dollars. They would never give me the twenty dollars back. So I learned that if I just didn't have that friend in my life, I'll be able to keep all my money, and no one even asked me for it. So is it just a matter of having better friends or less friends? I think you just need better friends. Yeah, better friends, but there's better good friends are hard to find, mm. and I don't need to search for any. I'm good. Right? Well, you know what? I think part of that is also because you have a fantastic relationship with your sister. Yes. And when people have, like, that unconditional person in their life that they have, like, an anchor in, they be like, fuck everybody. Yeah. That's why a lot of times people get, like, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and they're like, I don't care about anybody else, et cetera, you know? Mm-hmm. And when you work with your friends, sometimes it can feel like, oh, shit, I'm working with this friend. We got it. We're on lock. I don't need to care about anybody else. But then you can get left in the lurch mm-hmm. because then that person, if they don't, like, have the same anchor as you do, yeah. then they can shake shit up if they... Decide to shake. Did I tell you my puppy's theory? No, you did not. All right, so... Bash be having theories. Let's right, hear the new here one. Here it is. All right, so... feel like... Okay. Damn. So... It... <laughs> Shit. It's hard to, like, 
to articulate. Okay, here it is. So imagine you, your friends. All right. So in this theory, say you can have, only have a maximum of ten friends. Okay. All right. And if you have ten friends, you're Beyonce. All right. Beyonce so, has one friend. Jay-Z. No, I'm just saying, like on Jay-Z. a popping on a popping level. Okay. Like, okay. Yeah. That, like you're famous. You're like boom, boom, boom. Right. All right. Say. Um, but that's a lot of responsibility. So say these friends, say these, say these friends, they're puppies, mm-hmm. right? Um, the less puppies you have, the less stress because every puppy you have to walk it, you have to, um, you know, take care of it if it gets sick, and then every puppy dies. So then you have to cry. Your friends are puppies. fledgling babies that you have to nurse. All, all, all your friends are puppies. Can I be wise? Since this is what I do on the show, small yes. doses. Mm-hmm. I feel like because of where you are in your life and your age, you're going through a transition with the people that are around you. I've said this to you off the mic. I'm saying it to you on the mic. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is that you're so advanced in terms of like your purpose, what you want to do. Even if you're not doing what you want to do all the way right now, mm-hmm. you have such a clear version of what you want to do, which is incredibly rare in general. And so a lot of times when you have that, the people around you, when they don't have that, it just feels like they're not as developed. And then you end up a lot of times having to either support them or build them up or fulfill them or make them feel better about themselves, et cetera. And it's incredibly tiring. Mm. But at a certain point, you realize that like those people kind of just like fall away. And then you attract people to you that don't require that. Because I had, I've said this before on the podcast, I said this on um, Breakfast Club. Every, I had a psychic tell me this, and it's so true. It's like everybody has a candle within them. You can't light that candle. And I feel like you're at a place where, like, you are the king, and everybody around you may not be, like, the king of their own realm, and it's affecting you. No, no, it's not. I'm, you're I'm, referring to friends as puppies, babe. But look, this is, but this, is how, this is how I explain it. Like, so let me, let me finish the whole thing, right? Okay. So the puppy are you, gets— Are you a puppy as well? Everyone's a puppy. Okay, we're but all some, puppies. Yeah, but but let me let me explain. All right. So in this in this theory, right? A puppy gets sick, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, the puppy dies, you have to cry for that puppy. Ooh, right? It's got dark. Now it did. Now every so every puppy is like it's a it's a it's a potential, it's an opportunity for stress to be involved in your life because you have to take care of it. Right. Now some puppies are better than others. Some puppies are like cats. Where they can, I don't know cats really because I don't know cats, but cats can clean themselves, right? Why you looked out the door like you were looking for Lando to come and co sign? <laughs> he yeah. looked out the door like, Lando. Like, yeah, I cleaned myself. Nobody <laughs> take care of me. But yeah, cats can clean themselves, right? Is that true? Yes. So, like, some, some are cats and some can uh, take care of themselves. Those are the best friends. Those are the ones you need. Yes. Right? So, like, you get more people in life in your life that are that are doing stuff with their lives and they don't yes. really need you. They're not going to come to you. They're self-sustaining. Hey, man, can I, can I? No, you don't need that. They're self-sustaining. Exactly. So, um, are those, so. But that's how I've, that's how I've lived my life since college. Really? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I'm so much more uh, successful than all my other friends. Mm. And, uh, you know, some of them live like that, too. But, yeah. You'll see a lot of people that come out to L.A. And, you know, they have the dream of trying to get to where they want to get to. Uh, and then you see, like, we'll come out. We've came, I've come out the same time as, as a lot of my friends. And I'm so much more further than them. And it's not that I'm more talented than them. It's not that it's not anything. I just think it's because I've I'm more focused. 
and you're more focused. But see, here's what I think is the thing. Some people think that more focused means that you have less consideration or less compassion or less obligation to the people around you. And so like I, for instance, like had like guys in this in this town be like, oh, I can't date because I'm focused on working. And it's like, if you are with somebody that's compatible to you, then it's not going to take away from your work. It shouldn't really, it shouldn't be draining. It should be empowering. Right. And so like you can still have the cats, you know, around you that empower the work right. you're doing. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't mean that you have to isolate yourself. It just means that you have to have people around you that actually add to the work. Yeah. Which is leading us into our next segment. Dun, dun, dun. That, that one, one time. time. <laughs> so this show, this episode is all about working with friends. And we just had a great segue into like the ideal situation to work with friends in. Mm-hmm. Which is when... They have their own shit. They're not necessarily working with you because you're giving them something to give them purpose. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you've had a lot of, what would you say has been your experiences with working with friends? Have you ever had to like cut off a work relationship with a friend? Um, the I don't work with friends. Uh, I can't, I can't even recall the last time I have. I mean, um, you do videos with friends all the time. Yeah, but that's different. That's How there's no different? stress. There's no there's no money involved. There's Got no. Um, but I can tell you, I can tell you the reasons why. Because even when I shoot videos uh, with friends, um, I'll say, "Hey, so we got this, this, this we're doing," and then they'll show up thirty minutes late, and uh, there's not really an excuse, or there is an excuse, but it's I, I don't feel like it's important. Like, um, I sorry, I just woke up late, and I'm like. Oh, okay. Not gonna get mad at you because you're my friend. But if you weren't my friend, I'd fucking go off, right? So I've just. What does it sound like when you go off? Um, it's it's silent because I'm just like never hire this person ever again, and I don't have to go off because I just I there's nothing I can do. I don't really get angry at situations because I learn from it and I move past it. Mm-hmm. So like if someone messes up, I'm not gonna yell at them. I'm not gonna. Because that's not going to do anything. I don't even give them a second chance. I just don't work with them. Wow. But um, So you don't feel the need to actually communicate to them, hey, this went down, I'm not okay with it, and give them the opportunity to correct it? If I feel like, if I feel like it, it's something that could be corrected, then yes, I would do that. But if I feel like it's in their personality, mm. um, and and that's a, that's a very big thing. It's even with people I work with, um, like... I don't want to like because I hope they're not listening. <laughs> but that's this. I'm trying to like figure out how to talk. But so say say in this world, my sister had an assistant, and I noticed that the way my sister's assistant speaks is very um, chill and lazy, and he's very hanging out ish vibe. Uh, hey, you wanna you wanna smoke? Hey, you wanna drink? Asking questions like that to you. To me, and I'm his employer, um, I wanted to get rid of that person immediately. Okay. Before they even mess up. Now, when they mess up... Because you could see... I could see that their focus isn't where it needs to really be. Um, now, maybe their goal is to get close to me, to try and, I don't know... Advance uh, in some way. Yeah. But... I. 
I just I can just feel it. And then when they messed up for the first time, I saw that coming. I wanted to get rid of you from your personality. Um, and then when they messed for the second time, uh, I I talked to my sister. Got to get rid of this guy. Then the third time it happens, I don't say anything. I just because I, I every time it happens, I plan for a plan B. Now if I'm planning for a plan, if I'm if I'm planning my days for this person to mess up, oof. Then that's that's a problem. That defeats the purpose. And that's um, I just went through that. Yeah. Yeah. It's but the you worst. know what? As you're talking, it really is interesting because it's it's awakening me to something that I didn't notice, and it's I'm looking at it like my plan B is me being supportive. You know, like I'm being a team player, Mm -hmm. but really what it was is like, you shouldn't have to be that. The person in that position isn't in that position for you to like be their fallback. Yeah. They're there so that you don't need a fallback. Exactly. Oh, you putting me on right now. Look at you, Jim, dropping to me. You dropped the gym on <laughs> Damn, me. Damn, I just brought a bag of gems and I dropped them all <laughs> over the furniture. We jumping on these hoes. I didn't even know I did that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I just don't like to be friendly with anyone. I mean, it sounds horrible, but I don't like to be friendly with people I work with. I mean, I'm, of well, course, I'm nice. Well, they say familiarity brings, breeds contempt. Yeah, they get lazy. Isn't that so frustrating though? Yeah, but so when I when I go when I go to the like when I go to my office, I'm always nice. Hey, how's good morning? How's everyone doing? Keep it short. Give them the notes. This I don't like this. I like that. Good job on this. Let's do this better next time. You know things like that because mm-hmm. uh, they're not messing up. They just don't know because we're working together for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, give them the notes. I leave. Let's have a good day. Then I come back see if they fix the things. If they did good, good, good. If they didn't. You know, give them more notes, and it just—it's just a pattern of that. And now they know that the relationship is okay. This—this this is a guy that's giving me my check. I just want to do the best job that I can do, and then maybe um, he'll refer me to if—if if I'm going to a next job, he'll refer me, and he'll say that I did a good job. And that's all—that's all life is. Like you just go, you do your best job to keep going up in the ranks. So that's what I look for in a personality. I mean, I think that for me, it's like I always want my work environment to be like fun and exciting and like a great, a great time. Mm. And so sometimes I, my, my issue is I get over comfortable. Yeah. Like because I'm just an over comfortable person in the first place. Look at my Instagram. So I feel like I get over comfortable and I have to do like a conscious effort to like not be sharing like private information or like personal information or not just be like talking. I mean, especially as a comic, it's like I'm gonna do that on stage. Anyway, mm-hmm. but when I'm in like the work setting, it's like I have to be conscious about like we're not going to talk about shit outside of work or like not get too relaxed mm-hmm. because I am the type of person where I'm all good until it ain't good. Mm-hmm. And then I my personality flips because I get very like, what are we doing? And then people feel away. Cause they're mm-hmm. like, well, we was just having a blast. Yeah. And it's like if mm-hmm. we had never had a blast this wouldn't even be a concern. Like, yeah. this wouldn't even be an issue because it wouldn't be a flip. Yeah. You know? So I've been working on and being the boss less is, blastery. If, if the boss is too cool, that means the boss is your friend. I'm a, I'm not a cool boss. When I walk in, I give everyone, give them the, the church hug. Not even not even the church hug. I, I tap the back twice with, <laughs> with two of my fingers. Like this, how you doing? Like that, good. Because most of the people that work there are women. So, you know, I give them the, the little two-finger tap on the back. How you doing? Get straight to business. No, how, how was your day? None of that. I don't even ask them how their day was because... I wonder how they feel about that. I mean, they know it's business. They know I'm nice because I always treat them with respect, you know? Hmm. 
Like, whenever so, I ask for something to be done, I'm never like, this needs to be done immediately. I ask them, hey, do you think you could do this, this, and this? And then they will never say no because that's just me asking nicely. But, right. Yeah, so. So you've never had a situation where you were working with a friend and it was like, let's let's stop because... I've never had to give a check to a friend. No. But you did tell me about a situation where you decided, like, you know what? Let's be, let's like actually hang out and not just hang out and do videos. Yeah, but that wasn't a check. That was, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's my uh, best friend, Amanda. She, um, no, his best friend's name is Amanda. He's not being meta. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it just, it, it, we would we would hang out all the time. We'd film videos, and it was fun. Yeah. Um. And then the way we would make money from our videos would be separately because, uh, when people would repost our videos like on YouTube and stuff like that, they would, uh, what's it called? Collect all the the views or whatever and mm-hmm. give them to us separately. Aggregate. Yeah, aggregate. SAT word of the day. Hey. Um. So that's how it would be, and of course, you know, we're, we're getting our checks each month from just doing that. But then it got to the point where. You know, we just be hanging out and chilling, and then we's like, "Oh, what if we did a video like this?" And "Oh, what if we do a video like this?" And then we're so used to doing that, and you shouldn't like. There should be hours of the day where you clock in and clock out, <laughs> um, but in the grind mode, you're really there's no clock out. Yes, twenty four seven. So, but we both are at the level already where we've established what we did, and you know, we we could take a little breather and clock out at like six p.m. So we just like stopped filming videos um, past a certain hour and just hang out, you know? And then it's just, you can enjoy life. And then when you enjoy life, that's when, as an artist, um, a lot of your inspiration comes from just being out and experiencing life. Have you ever had a situation where you were working for somebody and they were being, like, over-friendly? Or where you had wished that they would be a little more friendly? Wish that they would be more friendly. Because I've had situations where I was working for somebody and it was just like, are we fr- like, are we friends? I don't know. Like, what kind of friends are, like, what, like the, the... Like a bad, like working with someone that's, and it's been a bad experience? Not necessarily that it was a bad experience, but it was blurry. It was like, I couldn't tell, like, how to necessarily approach them because sometimes they were just, like, super duper friendly and then sometimes they were just, like, not, and I couldn't tell like what they were trying to do and it made me say that's why I need to be more clear in how I am in a leadership position because I understood how like that made me uncomfortable when I wasn't in that position I haven't had that happen but the closest I've had I've seen and I like it is uh do you know the director Mick G no I don't okay he's um he did uh Charlie's Angels okay and uh we did this movie called The Babysitter together um and the way he works is He's very friendly and he's he's on your he's an older guy but he can come down to to the young people's level and he can relate but it's it's not it's not he doesn't cross a line where you know he's being friendly because he's trying to like ease the situation and mm-hmm. keep a creative space but at the same time it's not to the friendly where it's like yo let's let's hang out and and like chill afterwards you know and you can tell he doesn't even have to say that he's not saying he's he doesn't have to say <clears throat> I'm being friends with you uh, <laughs> on set on set, and I don't want to hang out with you after he he can do that without even saying it if that Unspoken makes sense spoken and that's a talent. boundary yeah and he and there's no like he doesn't he doesn't have to say that at all it's just through his actions you know ooh and that's that's the level I want to be at yeah that's yeah. a skill so basically you're a one man show 
A one-man show? Yeah, I mean, it's just no. The Bachelorette. Uh, I mean, I know how to do everything, but me and I, my sister, you know, my sister, she's uh, she has a lot of work to do. <laughs> a lot of work to do. Um, but I think it's important as um, as a creator, as a as an entertainer to be able to know how to do everything at least and then be able to delegate it to uh, who needs to uh, to make your life less stressful. Well, I would say the only thing even more like confusing sometimes and conflicting sometimes in working with friends is working with family. Oh, yeah. So in working with family, mm-hmm. how is that dynamic how do y'all keep that dynamic balance? Like, is it easier because you know, like, it's family and she ain't going nowhere, so it's like y'all can flip on each other? Or is it even higher levels of, like, let's just keep it cool? It's different. And it's, um, <clears throat> it's uh, you have to have someone in your family that's educated. Like, if they're not educated, if they're not driven, then it may not work out. Um, like, right. some of my it cousins. can't just be because they're family. Yeah, yeah, it can't just be because they're family because... You say, oh, we family, you never, like, betray. But some family members betray, like I've seen in the news. <laughs> they be killing their own siblings with, you know, just to, because they didn't let them get a turn on the, the PlayStation. But it's got to be, you have to have someone who's educated and driven um, and that you know has a personality and is driven as well. Um, and because I have some cousins that they ask to work with me. I'm like, hell nah. <laughs> In my head, I don't say that. In in real life, I look at them and I smile. It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. But in my brain, I'm like, if you don't get the fuck out of my face, <laughs> because I know they just trying to, they see the say the dollar signs, and they just trying to, they just they just want to, they just want to get in the life, get the money, and then just chill. And then I know they just gonna quit. You know, once they get comfortable and they get, cause you can relax off of you know a couple checks. So. I can I can I can look someone in their eyes and I can tell what their motives are now after all these years. It's 29 years. Really? You feel like you've gotten that skill set down. Mhm. You can peep the motives. Yeah. But yeah. what I what I do is I just when I first meet someone, I I pretend that they're a villain immediately until they prove me otherwise. Wow, you thought I was a villain in the media, in, in the beginning and then I've proved you otherwise? And now I, you're here on people I like? I mean, I guess so. I guess I on guess, the spot. I guess. Did yeah. you think I was a villain, Bachelor? Did I think? I don't. I don't think. No. I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like family members. Oh, yeah. Like family members that I, that I feel like that are trying to use you. Like mm-hmm. they're in the business of, of whatever they 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 make shoes, and all of a sudden they want to produce videos. <laughs> you a villain. <laughs> you a villain in a relative's body. <laughs> <laughs> but that's real because that's the thing. It's like I feel like a lot of folks feel like, oh, it's family. You know, that's a lie you tell yourself. Like, it's family or it's my friend. Like, they would never do me dirty. But you always have to have a certain eye open. And it's almost like on the it's almost like a catch-22. On one hand, when you have family or a friend working with you, you feel like there's a certain safety there. But then that can breed sometimes a, a false sense of comfort in yourself. And then you get you know, surprised. Mm-hmm. Whereas when someone is not family or friend, I feel like you always naturally have right. that, that wall up of like, I'm watching you. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I'm going to be watching you. Somebody's watching me. <coughs> I can't sing. Well, I think it's really dope that you and your sister are working together. I think it's actually... Um, I got lucky with her. 
You really did. Mm-hmm. You really did. And I think it's actually dope to watch the, you know, you the way that you and the other um, Instagram and YouTube and Vine creators have intermingled with each other. And it seems like outwardly, at least, that it's remained pretty like cordial and consistent in terms of like the productivity level. Mm-hmm. And that happens with you guys in a unique way that I haven't seen really happen in other spaces in entertainment. Like mm-hmm. because the videos are so like off the cuff and I think because like it doesn't require a contract first like it's literally mm. just like the trust in each other of like yeah we're gonna make this thing funny and the funny is coming first yeah am I assuming by saying the funny is coming first uh what do you mean by that the funny is coming first well I feel like more I feel like the first step for you guys when you do a video was like let's just do some funny shit and then it's like okay like but we are sharing each other's platforms and you know we, oh, yeah, yeah, As opposed I, to, like, when you are doing a movie, a lot of times the first thing first is, like, are, do they have the availability to do this? You know, do they contractually, are they contractually even allowed to do this? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like, were they, were they agents? Well, is there a better star? Is there a better person that has more clout? Da, 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 da. Like, before you can even get to it. Yeah, I think the the, the way it works, it's, um, it's more of text them if they're free that day. And then... We don't even hear the idea. We're just going to support whatever their vision is. So if even if it's a horrible video, we're just there as support and letting them, I guess, live out their dream. I don't know the the, the an, another way to to put it, but it's just it's just yeah. We always say yes to each other's as long as our our timing works out. Like if, if we're not shooting, we don't have an audition. We say, oh, I have an audition at this time. All right, well then just come after and we'll just come after and, and do the video. You know. So would you guys say that you guys are friends or more so just like a working community? Um, you have I, friends in that working community. Yeah, yeah. I'd say it's a mixture of both. I say it's um, but it's it's like it's like so when we get there and we're shooting a video, we're hanging out and we're friendly and you know I guess we're friends. But after we finish the video and we go our separate ways, you know we're not we're not going to the club together, so except if it's Amanda. I was, or, gonna, I was gonna ask like, how do you define friend? But I feel like you define friend by people you go to the club with. Um, <laughs> are you club worthy? Like that's yeah, but it's not even just the club. It's like bowling or something like that. Like who who do you text? Activities. Yeah, who do you text to to do fun stuff with? Um, and yeah, I, a lot of people like uh, you know Dexter Darden. No, but Darden is a big name in Grenada. Oh, and in Dominica. Hmm. And you're from Jamaica. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, that's a lot of friends. Like, I don't even, I don't, and it's the friends I hang out with. I would never text them to be, I'd randomly text them to be in a video just like once. It would be like once in like two months, but like, it's just, um, like you, I would never text you to be in a video. Really? Why not? Because I, f- I feel like you're a friend and I would just hang... I enjoy hanging out with you. It's true. We've never done any, like... This is the this is the first time we've ever done any, like, work together. Yeah. Like, I just... I just... um I don't, My brain doesn't even... It's not like I don't want to. It's just my brain doesn't even go there. It's like my brain's like... It's not even think... My brain has a list of, like... You know, on your iPhone, you got your favorites and then you got your <laughs> other list. Like, you got... I just... Ha- my brain has its automatic list and... I don't even some I never even dip over into the into the, <laughs> into a, the favorites list. There's a demonstration of dipping happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I feel honored 
that I'm in the friends uh, iPhone list. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've never been asked to do a video, and that's a good reason why. Mm-hmm. And um, I am very happy that you were willing to come. And do the podcast. Happy to be here. You know? Oh, wow. I should have talked like this the whole time. <laughs> and part of this podcast is because I have those same lists in my head. But it was like there's people, though, that like I wanted to be able to talk to on the podcast that I talk to in real life. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like those conversations. <laughs> I, hate you. I should have talked like this the whole time. Because I feel like the- <laughs> I just feel like those conversations are different than like when you're talking to a stranger. You know, like we've literally just been sitting here on this couch this whole time mm-hmm. having a conversation that we would have had if the mics were off. Yes. And so now I think it's great that uh, we were able to share Welcome. with the people, all of you guys out there, you know, this is, this is a learning lesson that you can work with friends yeah. to a certain extent. To a certain extent. It depends on the type of work. Yeah. And it depends on the personality of the other person as well. And with that, let's take it into the last dose. Thank you, Batch, for hanging out with us. No do you, uh, Do you have anything you want to promote or let people know about? I don't even know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Wakanda Forever Wakanda Forever You can find me on Netflix Because Netflix Movies and shows will be on there forever And they never go away So uh, it could be 30 years Oh maybe they might delete it in 30 years (laughs) They might run out of They do go away I just found out that A Different World Is not on Netflix anymore What? I mean I'm very upset But movies I know But I was just like Ready to watch A Different World again Wait do they delete TV shows? And movies yes They delete movies too? Yep Oh. Every year, like, they will show you the whole list of, like, what's getting expunged. What? Yes. Oh, wow. So I might be gone <laughs> in a couple of years. Well, that's a long time ago. Well, what are you doing now? Um, let me go back to my voice. I am. Uh, I have a movie coming. Uh, when will this air? In, like, two weeks. Okay. Well, my movie doesn't come out till the end of the year. So um, you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> At King Batch, uh, not, um, uh, yeah, here we go. Maybe we should do a video so I can get my followers even up even more. This motherfucker has 14 million. 14 million, there we go. Jesus. That's crazy. It is, very impressive. Yeah, so uh, follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter, follow me on Snapchat, MySpace. YouTube. Facebook, YouTube, um, Black Planet, uh, Black Panther. Oh, Black Panther parody coming soon. Ooh. It'll probably drop the same time. Go on YouTube.com, type in King Batch Black Panther parody. 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 All right. Look out for that. Thank you so much as always. Thank you. And I will be right back with The Last Dose. The Loud. Wait, who you going? What? What? What do you mean? I'm not going to be in that segment. I'm gone. I'm just gone. What? I thought I was here though. I thought I'm in the show too. You gonna do a whole segment without me? No, hell no. The last dose. Well, I tried to kick him out. Damn. 
but uh, he decided to stick around for this last dose. This episode has been really personal to me because I really have worked uh, quite a few times with people that I like as friends. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And it's always a learning curve in figuring out how to keep that balance. You know, how to keep the joy and the space uplifting, but also how to not infringe upon this... uh, this personal exchange that you have with somebody. And it really takes a very, 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 very unique person to be able to inhabit that space with you and not take it personal that you are their boss in a lot of situations, you know? And and if they're in a partnership, then they have to be able to understand that, like, sometimes y'all aren't going to agree on things. And how do you come to a consensus without feeling like you've compromised, right? But I know that some people listening were wondering, like, well, how do you tell a friend that they're not working right or that they're not the person that you want to work with? How do you do all this? At the end of the day, communication is really the best when it's compassionate. That's the bottom line to how. Figuring out how to get to a place of compassion. Because when it boils down to it, even if you don't like their work, you still like them as a person. You still like them as a friend. And so you want to figure out how to relay that. And if you know from the beginning that you're not going to like their work, don't just do it just to quote unquote make them happy. Because what's going to end up happening is the shit is going to end up going sour. So to everybody out there who's listening... If you're in a situation right now, you're working with a friend and either they're either they're your boss or you're their boss, ask the question of, is the friendship of higher quality than the work relationship? And if it is, then you know what to do. And if everything is copacetic, then keep on growing and keep on making that dope shit with your homies. Because in my opinion, that's the best place to make it. Anything to add? I think you nailed it on the fucking head. I don't even need to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank y'all once again for listening to us here at Small Doses. I'm Amanda Seals. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at Amanda Seals. And make sure if you are in Los Angeles to come out to the next Smart, Funny, and Black by checking out smartfunnyandblack.com.